Isaiah 12, 1 through 6. This is from the Common English Bible. You will say on that day, I thank you, Lord, though you were angry with me. Your anger turned away and you comforted me. God is indeed my salvation. I will trust and won't be afraid. Yah, the Lord is my strength and my shield. He has become my salvation. You will draw water with joy from the springs of salvation. And you will say on that day, Thank the Lord. Call on God's name. Proclaim God's deeds and among the peoples. Declare that God's name is exalted. Sing to the Lord who has done glorious things. Proclaim this throughout all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, city of Zion, because the Holy One of Israel is among you. So I have a question. Why do we sing songs? Why do we sing songs? Um, what's your favorite playlist right now? What are you listening to? Anyone? Anyone? What's on your... Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift? Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Throwing old school, going back. It was a good day by Ice Cube. Okay, it was a good day by Ice Cube. <laughs> Anyone else? And I wonder, do we, you know, why do we sing songs? Why do we have our favorite playlists at certain times, certain seasons of our lives? There may be songs that go over and over and over, play over and over and over in our minds. Um, because it reminds us of a certain memory or because we're just feeling that way these days. Um, and I wonder if you are like me and you sing along. I'm, I'm one of those people that are constantly singing. I sing in the shower. I sing when I'm working. I sing when I'm playing. And when people say things to me, sometimes I turn whatever they say if it's a, if it's a you know, similar to the lyrics in a song, I'll start singing that song, right? Uh, and it really annoys a lot of people around me, but I can't help it, right? There's a song on my lips, there's a song on my heart, and I'm always singing. And songs have that, singing and music have that kind of power, power to elicit and conjure up moods in us, power to bring up memories. Just like a scent or an odor can bring up a powerful memory in us, music can bring up a memory. Right, of our childhood, of friends we used to have, those yesteryears of someone we had a crush on, those times of pining away for uh, friends or missed loved ones. Music, singing, bring up those things. Another question I have is, why do we sing in church? Right. If you think about it, if I were an alien coming down to earth observing right, humanity, so, because we're thinking about landing on Earth and residing here, we just want to do some right, scouting, uh, reconnaissance. And I went to church. Oh, there's, so on Sundays, there's a gathering in buildings, and people sit in chairs, and a guy with a guitar or a piano, right, and a drummer, and they just sing. They look at a brightly lit square, and they <coughs> sing. Right? Why do we sing in church? Is it culture? Is it habit? Why? Why do we sing in church? And just a few reasons that I want to give that we sing in church. Uh, one, singing together is corporate. 
How many places in your life are you saying the same thing as several other people? Especially in our hyper-individualized society and culture, we usually want to be doing our own thing, right? And so when you do something corporately like singing, right, you are reciting something. You are singing something, words, the same words as other people. And you're singing these words that mean something, that give a vision and tell a story. And um, you may not be feeling those particular words on that particular day, in that particular moment, right? I don't want to shout it from the mountaintops that he is Lord. I just want to be in bed and sleeping more right now. The Seahawks are on early. Hurry your up, David, right? Get through it. Come on, come on, come on. I don't want to shout it that he is Lord. I don't feel like he's Lord in my life. I'm in debt. I hate my job. Stuff with my spouse is not going well. I have tension with family and friends. Christmas is coming. and We got to buy all those presents for people. Oh, and I got to see family. Ah. Some of you, I get to see family. Ah, you're too happy. <laughs> um, I don't want to praise the Lord. I'm not feeling it. And yet, in church, it's a place that we sing as the people of God songs about God and about the story of God and his love and mercy and grace for us. We sing corporately. And in doing so, we become unified in one voice saying, even though... I may be like this, even though I'm in this place, I'm singing this because of my faith and my belief. Okay, so corporate. We sing songs in church to worship. It's a response, a natural response to God and who God is, right? And what he's done in our lives. We sing songs of worship that echo scripture, like the Psalms. A lot of worship songs come from the Psalms. A lot of worship songs come from all kinds of Isaiah, the prophets, right? It comes from all over in scripture and they remind us, they repeat and echo the story of God, the narrative of God in our lives. And then again, in singing that and giving praise, we are lifted up into a place higher than ourselves in response to God and our hearts open up because worship is really a response to God and who he is. God initiates with us, and we respond to God. We praise God, we give him glory, all of that stuff. Worship, musical worship, the liturgy, the scripture that we read, all of those things are aspects of worship, not just the music. They tell the story of the gospel. Right? They tell the gospel story the good news of Jesus Christ's salvation. We sing to give praise. We sing to give thanks. We sing because we're amazed. We sing in supplication. God, please. We sing in mourning and lament. Why, God? How long, God? I'm hurting, God. We sing songs of hope in the midst of that. And so as we read Isaiah 12, 1 through 6, actually, Isaiah 12, 1 through 6 is the whole of Isaiah 12, right? It's the whole of Isaiah 12 in a book that's known for 
long chapters of prophetic oracleness, right? Isaiah 12 is six verses. And Isaiah 12 is basically a worship song. It's a worship song that points towards a time of hope. In that day, right? You will say on that day is how verse 1 opens up. On that day. So it's pointing to a time when God will come on that day and bring salvation. It points towards a time of hope. It points to hope when everything seems to be crumbling down. Right? It points to hope uh, when things aren't going so well. And hope is something um, that we have when we don't see it, right? Just like faith, faith and hope are intertwined. We have hope in the things that we don't see. So in the midst of struggle, we hope. Hope, in that sense, hope is visionary, right? It's not just the facts and the circumstances that are going to rule our day, but it's the vision of what is going to be or what can be. Right? That's what it means. Being a Christian, being a person of God, a follower, a disciple, means to live a visionary life. Faith and hope means living a visionary life, right? Because it doesn't look like, case in point, I'm doing a little home do-it-yourself renovation. Right? So Isaiah did not have a door in his room. It was just an archway and awkwardly sized and shaped. So I wanted to put a door and then add the frame out walls. And Janice was like, are you sure? Let's just hire someone. You don't have time. How are you going to make the walls look the same and match the textures? It's not going to look good. It's going to be all crooked. I'm like, girl, Jesus was a carpenter. Right? I know what I'm doing. Shoot. <laughs> right? And so... Um, Janice had to have hope and faith and trust in me, right? To let me spend the money, take the time, and just start doing stuff. And that's what, that's what it's like, right? We don't see it. It doesn't seem like it can happen. And it's surely like the situation right now, it doesn't look like it, right? Prospects are not good. And yet, we live towards that. We make a plan, right? We act as if it will be. That's faith. That's hope. So Isaiah 12 is a worship song. And actually, in the lectionary, the lectionary being um, kind of the schedule of scriptures that the church worldwide follows on the calendar. And so this Advent, we're following the lectionary. But there's, each week, there's four different passages. Usually, there's an Old Testament passage, a gospel reading, and then a New Testament reading from like a, an epistle or something like that. And then there's a psalm reading. But Isaiah fits in. There's already a pro, pro, uh, prophecy Old Testament reading. Isaiah falls under the psalm category, this passage, because it is a psalm, right? It's a song of worship. It's a worship song. Just to give a little more background, our scripture passage for this week actually, uh, I just said that, comes in the position of the psalm of the week in the lectionary. Um, it's a song of thanksgiving. I thank you, Lord, 
Though you were angry with me, your anger turned away and you comforted me. I thank you, Lord. And this song of thanksgiving, this song of praise, caps a literary section in the book of Isaiah, chapters 1 through 12. It's the end. Chapter 12 is the end of that section. And in that section, chapters 1 through 12 in Isaiah, um, it's highlighted by prophecy against Judah and Jerusalem. Right? God's chosen people, Judah and Jerusalem, the city of Jerusalem is in Judah. Um, as, it, as Judah is in, on the precipice of conquest, it's about to be conquered, and they're about to be conquered by the Assyrian Empire and go into exile. Right? So things are not looking good. The shadow of being conquered and t- taking over, the enemies are at the gates. Um, and so all of this, you know, 1 through 12, there's a bunch of oracles about, you know, how Judah is going to be punished, how they're going to be conquered, Assyria is going to come and take them into exile. But sprinkled throughout these 12 chapters um, and these oracles of judgment are words of comfort and prophecy about restoration. And it's interesting because God... The way I read it is God can't help but be himself. God can't help but know that he wants to renew and restore this relationship. And even as the people are like, oh, he hates me. God hates me. Things are hard. It's going to be a hard, hard time. Um, God speaks comfort. Because what is God's purpose and what is God's vision Uh, for humanity and the world, right? He wants to restore and renew all things, ultimately. Anytime something is broken, he wants to fix it. Anytime you you fall down, he wants to pick you up. Anytime something is desecrated, he wants to renew and restore it. He wants to renew and restore lives. He wants to renew and restore you. He wants to lift you up and put you back together again. He wants to bring hope back into your life, new life back into your life. Um, God is God, and he continues to be God, even in the rough moments, to have a vision to restore all things. And so that's why our passage starts off with the phrase, on that day, on that day, I will thank you. I will worship you and give you praise. Because though you were angry with me, you turned away from that anger and you comforted me. And it goes on, God is indeed my salvation. I will trust and won't be afraid. Yes, the Lord is my strength and my shield has become my salvation. And if you continue to read through Isaiah 12, it actually echoes a lot of songs already in Scripture. So um, Exodus, the people when they Exodus out of Egypt, um, you have uh, Miriam's song, right? A song after he deli- they go through the, pass through the sea, and he delivers them, and Miriam sings this song of worship. I think it was a Magnificat or that or Zachariah's song uh, where they're they're very similar 
um, to the, the last portion in this section. And that just kind of highlights that the people of God sing songs, right? We sing songs, and we sing the same songs, right? And they are the same songs throughout Scripture. They are the same songs during the Exodus. They are the same songs as the people face exile. And they're the same songs today as we wrestle through our journey, as whole peoples wrestle through their journey of injustice or oppression or hard times, they sing songs um, that echo, that harken back to the story. You guys with me? We worship, we sing, we shout, we give glory, we celebrate, we dance with joy because of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. The good news is an old, old story lived and embodied and told by God's people. The story of God's love for humanity. We sing songs that resonate through time with ancient people who called on God's name, who proclaimed his deeds among the peoples, who declared God's name is exalted because he is with us, he is among us, because these songs are stored in, a deep, in deep pools. Right? Verse 3 says, You will draw water with joy from the springs of salvation. And you will say on that day, Thank the Lord. I love that. Springs of salvation. Right? It's not wells of salvation. It's not um, reservoirs of salvation. Those are all hum- man-made, right? People make those things. Springs are like, oh, you're digging or you're exploring and you're in the middle of the desert. Springs, right, that come from a deep, deep place that flow with full of life. They're a gift, just like grace and mercy and love are a gift from God. Springs of salvation, God's salvation is a gift, right? You just tripped upon it. You're walking in a desert thirsting, water, where is it? Right? And you see water, and you're like, is it a mirage? I don't want to be tricked or duped. Right? I can't hope in this, but it is. And the water just, the Exodus story, the, you know, rock came, water came out of the rock in the desert. Right? God delivered. The woman at the well in John chapter 4, I will give water to you to drink which springs up into eternal life, and you will never thirst again. God has water, life for us, right? That's refreshing, that brings seasons of refreshing and renewal and makes the grass green, right? And our parched, cotton mouth gets soft, and our lips become lush again because we drink and we're hydrated God has pools and springs of salvation. So we sing songs that resonate through time with ancient people who called on God's name, who proclaimed his deeds among peoples, the other peoples, who declared God's name exalted because he is with us. These songs are stored in deep pools and underground ancient pools. And because we have been given access, we can draw on them when we are thirsty, when we find ourselves in drought, in famine, in the desert, 
we know God is salvation, that God will come again, that God is with us because we know the story. We repeat the story. We live out the story, right? We read scripture and we do rituals to remember the story. We sing songs to continue to uh, tell the story, sing about the story, enact the story, embody the story so that we know the story. We remember the story. We remember the Holy Scriptures. And the songs are the same as the people who sang them a long, long time ago. It's the same as Isaiah is singing in this chapter. We sing these same songs. We sing about how God, about how Jesus has come to bring peace, to be loved, to be nearer to us. He's come to breathe life, to be light, to shine brighter in us. He is Emmanuel, God with us, our deliverer, our savior. In his presence, we find our strength, Christ over everything, our redemption, God with us, God with us. So what does it mean to sing it, to shout it in our lives, right? It means... Don't get caught up in navel-gazing, right, and throwing your pity parties all the time, right? We don't eat and feed upon lies, right, or circumstances. We eat and feed upon the hope and the story that one day God is coming, God is with us, Emmanuel, right? And even when times are hard, we are able to sing and in the singing we're caught up into something bigger than ourselves right that God has promises that God has a character of one who comes and will comfort us and restore us and we also sing these songs to people around us people are hurting all the time in our world our neighbors our workplaces are a mess sometimes right backstabbing, gossip, right? We can speak, we can sing songs of joy, right? We can speak hope into people's lives. We can bring love into people's lives. We can talk about how God is present. Christ is everywhere. He is your salvation. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that... You are Emmanuel, God with us, and we wait in anticipation of the day when you come again. And we also wait as a church uh, for the birth of a baby in a manger this Advent season. And we know that um, even as things in the world are hard and difficult and there's much violence and there's much unrest, there's much injustice, um, we are called to have compassion and mercy in those places and to recognize and to speak out. Um, and also as people of God, we're, we're called to point towards your truth um, that you are a savior, your savior of the world and you have springs of salvation. And so we call upon those waters and when we worship, we sing, we give thanks, we praise so that we can be shaped and transformed uh, by that singing and by those words. Um, 
and our offerings in this church, in this place. In your name, amen.